Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocks big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Telling True Stories, a nonfiction writer's guide from the Neiman Foundation at Harvard University. We are all hungry for stories. In the contemporary world, we can simply turn on our cell phones and computers, and with the swipe of a finger be exposed to a sea of stories. People have the same hunger for real stories which can be detected in their passion for news stories. Nevertheless, news writing is constrained by strict rules that journalists are supposed to follow, which can inhibit the telling of thrilling stories. For example, journalists are supposed to use the 5W1H rule, meaning that they should answer the who, what, when, where, why, and how questions. However, following this rule may not be satisfying to readers. As a result, nonfiction writing was created to be a different form of writing from ordinary journalism. Nonfiction writing is also called narrative journalism. Although it belongs to the category of news writing, its writing style is like novel writing which uses specific storylines and detailed description to move people in order to achieve the desired effect of provoking deep thinking. Nonfiction writing originated in the West between the 1950s and 1960s, thus, it has a history of less than 100 years. When the nonfiction work Mrs. Kelly's Monster won the inaugural Pulitzer Prize for feature writing, this type of writing reached its peak of development due to the prize's influence. Moreover, the Nobel Prize in Literature in 2015 went to Svetlana Alexandrovna Alexievich for her nonfiction book Secondhand Time, The Last of the Soviets. Thus, nonfiction writing has received great recognition in terms of its social significance and literary value. In 2001, the Neiman Foundation for Journalism at Harvard University established the Neiman Program on Narrative Journalism. The program staff gather conference presentations by nonfiction writers and publish them as books. Today's book Telling True Stories, a nonfiction writer's guide from the Neiman Foundation at Harvard University is a typical one. It contains both theories and the author's practical work experience. Many of them share their personal experience and years of thinking about every step of the process from deciding on a topic, interviewing, and writing, to revising, editing, and publishing. Mark Kramer and Wendy Call were in charge of selecting and gathering articles in this book. Mark Kramer is director and writer-in-residence of the Neiman Foundation at Harvard University. Wendy Call is a freelance writer and editor. Many of the authors of the articles included in the book are well-known American nonfiction writers and winners of Pulitzer Prizes, Academy Awards, Emmy Awards, and American National Book Awards. Thanks to their persistent efforts, the literary and social value of nonfiction writing as well as its profound insights into human nature has gained wide social attention. In the following three parts, we will discuss how to skillfully narrate a nonfiction story. Part 1, Preparing for the Story Part 2, Building Quality into the Story Part 3, Protecting Truth in the Story When we are about to write a story, we must first think about the theme. So, how can we find a theme or in other words a good story idea? Nonfiction writing is different from literary creation in the traditional sense. 
Most literary creation is done by creators writing tirelessly at a desk, while nonfiction writers have to be where the story takes place, conducting careful observation and research of the people involved and the place of the occurrence, so that they can determine the story theme. Therefore, finding a theme is particularly significant for nonfiction writing. This book starts by sharing several writers' methods for finding story ideas. In one of our bookies, we talked about Gay Tilly's author of Thy Neighbor's Wife, and shared how he explored his stories theme which involved delving into private lives. According to Talese, by doing so, he could bring those people's feelings into the larger consciousness in order to help us understand the trends happening around us. In their private lives, people have distinctive feelings and understandings of the world. Talese's nonfiction book Thy Neighbor's Wife is an example of bringing these to life. Its theme is to look at the changes in American society in the late 20th century through the lens of sexuality. In this book, whether it is the founder of Playboy a pornographic magazine or the founder of a sex club guided by the idea of sexual freedom that practices open marriage, the protagonist's private lives resonate powerfully with changes in social trends. It shows the narrator's unique perspectives and courageous moves as they delve into, explore, and research these secret private spheres. Apart from Talese's way of quietly prying into and examining other people's private lives, the most common way to explore a story is to delve deeply into the context and report it. The book uses the following metaphor to describe this practice, a narrative writer with a good story idea is a solo entrepreneur doing a startup. This is because a brilliant nonfiction writer also needs to develop their reports from scratch, design the theme, identify proper reporting and research spots, stay for a long time, record the scene, make interpretations, and conduct background research. Writers have to complete all of those things on their own. The last step is to combine them with the author's talents and start writing. Ted Conover, guest researcher at Harvard and Guggenheim Fellowship winner sent himself to prison for the sake of participatory reporting. In Conover's view, nonfiction writers should seize the opportunity to gain insights and walk into another person's shoes during research. They live with those people as both participants and observers. Only when writers actually participate in other people's lives can they play the narrator's role and write with ease in the relatively restrictive first person. Such a way of writing gives readers a sense of being there in person through the narrator's eyes. Conover put his idea into practice when writing New Jack. He applied to be a corrections officer, received training and was assigned to Sing Sing New York's second oldest prison. The B block alone where he worked is one of the world's largest freestanding cell blocks and was housing 600 inmates at the time of his research. It was very dim and horrific inside as if the windows hadn't been washed in 50 years. Every day, Conover took the inmates in and out of the cells and jotted down their information and conversations in his notebook whenever he had time. Besides his connection with inmates, he found that in the culture of corrections officers, when someone acted dishonorably, this person would be asked to meet in the parking lot. The subtext is the person who had behaved inappropriately was going to receive an after-work beating. Conover worked in this prison for over 10 months. Afterward, he wrote about what he had seen and heard in prison, including the image of corrections officers and problems such as the friction between officers and inmates. After his book came out, 
people gained a new way of viewing the world from his descriptions. What's more, one month after the publication, they finally washed the prison's windows. We can see how powerful the press is. Accumulating knowledge about reporting is inevitable when nonfiction writers are immersed in someone else's world and there's a lot to be learned. Mark Kramer concluded 10 reporting tips in total based on his professional experience. Let's go through the highlights. First, before selecting a topic, think carefully about what will intrigue readers. People naturally find it hard to resist stories charged with emotion, such as a car being stolen with a baby in the back. This kind of news can easily energize people's concerns. At this time, if the author also provides some difficult information, readers will accept it more easily. After selecting a good topic, we should secure good access. This means that we need a potential subject to guide us to a more sophisticated world and explore richer content about this topic. Once we secure access, we need to find the unfolding actions and the narrative line. By observing interesting things that happen to the potential subject in reality, we can identify and determine the story theme. And it is good to use observation to find hints of subject's character in the action, and find the right scene details through careful sensory reporting such as sight, sound, and smell. When it comes to entering the scene where the story may take place, the writer is very likely to be affected by what is happening. Now, you must be careful to pinpoint your subject's emotional experience, not your own. For example, imagine wanting to write a book about surgeons. When the author goes into an operating room, his first reaction is, yuck, blood, this is brutal. However, since surgeons usually don't express such a feeling, writers should learn to differentiate their own feelings from those of their subjects. Another critical point is to research your story's context rigorously. What do we mean by context? What kind of role does it play? The reason why it is important is that narrative exists inside many other shells of context, including a social context, an economic context, and so on. Because of that, research on context is essential. For instance, Simply reporting a story about an ordinary family struggling to survive makes it hard to show the tension of the story. Still, if the author explains why this family is having a difficult time from an economic perspective, the deep layer the story discloses will trigger more attention and thinking. In fact, Kramer's 10 tips about reporting also cover the writing process. Let's go through them. Kramer suggests that in the drafting process, writers should always keep in mind the theme of the article, the setting as well as descriptions of the background and details should take the theme as the destination. Very late in the writing process, he suggests refining the difference between writers' views and subjects' views, making sure that readers can differentiate and understand the two perspectives. Of course, the extent of refinement also depends on where the article will be published. Since different magazines have different requirements, it's important for writers to strike a balance according to the requirements. Lastly, writers should cherish the structural ideas and metaphors that come to them while they are reporting. Simply speaking, they should take notes constantly and identify those ideas in the moment. Moreover, while some people like to record their observations on tape, others don't. There's no suggestion about which one is better, as it varies from person to person. After learning much about reporting, 
Let's take a deeper look at recommendations for interviewing which also contain great wisdom. Victor Marina, Senior Fellow at the University of Southern California's Annenberg Institute for Justice and Journalism shared his insights about the interview and cross-cultural reporting, in which differences in language, religion, moral values, social norms, rituals, taboos, and other aspects in the culture should be paid attention to. Some homework should be done before the interview. Writers can search for some information beforehand or talk to a variety of people. When interviewing people, be careful about keeping a proper distance. The best way to manage this is to let your interviewees set the distance because standing too close is considered offensive in some cultures. Another thing that should be noted is that we are used to social manners, such as handshakes or hugs, but it is considered inappropriate in some cultures to give a firm handshake right away. Marina also shared his experience during a visit to South Africa. Unconsciously, he hugged his translator when saying goodbye, but the other person's body stiffened, which made Marina realize that his action was a gaffe. The proper salutation in this situation was tapping each other's fist. Fortunately, the South African translator didn't get annoyed. During the interview, you should also pay attention to your facial expressions and be careful about the information you are conveying. Others' facial expressions don't necessarily mean what you think. For example, we believe if one flinches and looks away when we look them in the eye, it is a sign of lying or hiding something. But actually in some cultures, it's improper to look at people that way. There might even be restrictions on smiling. In some communities, male reporters shouldn't smile at women. There are many cultural taboos like this. We just name a few here. If you're interested, you can learn more by reading the book. That's all for the first part. A nonfiction writer needs to observe and discover in real life to explore story ideas. Some writers tend to explore and reflect on the zeitgeist through the private sphere, while others like to observe on the spot. A number of techniques are essential for reporting. Particularly, you should pay attention to cultural manners and taboos in interviews when engaged in cross-cultural reporting. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.